When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We try to behave ourselves on the story, but y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little uh, extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. I can keep it. Tell them to sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. Hey, right, it's your girl Claudia Jordan, and it's Wednesday, and I'm back with another episode of TGIF. Now, we're here to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest headlines in the news and, of course, on social media. So sit back, relax. I hope y'all got your cocktails ready so you can sip some of this hot tea. Now, please welcome multi-personality, uh, multimedia personality and talk to host, Funky Dineva. You trying to be shady, multi-personality? <laughs> no, I actually meant to say multi-personality. <laughs> yes, multi-personality. <laughs> multi-personality. Claudia, oh. hold, your, hold your arms up. I'm trying to see what in the Halloween hell that is you got going on. What is that? A uh, snuggie? Aren't you, aren't you a white lady that goes on boats? Don't you know what St. John looks like? <laughs> oh, okay. excuse me, honey. Okay. Hey, well, that's yeah. perfect for me when I do my little hand thing. There you go. Fabric so hanging in there. Welcome back, brand strategist Al Reynolds. Hey, Al. What's going on, Claudia? What's up, Funky? Hey, we missed you. I know you. I know you missed me. Go ahead and tell her. Still over there in that sex trafficking hotel. Over there. <laughs> still here, buddy. Are you still in LA, Al? I'm still in Los Angeles. Yes, yes, okay. yes. And Claudia, a few more days. Claudia talking about he's in some fancy hotel. You look like you're in the Ramada Inn. Al. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything to you right now. Uh huh. Oh, your phone. Your your screen went out. Oh, I know. I thought. I thought I put the. I thought I put the do not deserve on. Elderly people and their technology. You should have stayed gone if you don't come back with this. Technology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Claudia, I got a feeling me and you gonna be doing the dog on show tonight. So. <sighs> All right. Well, welcome back, Al. All right, now before, oh, what's everybody sipping on, real quick? I um, I overdid it last night, so I'm actually drinking water. <laughs> so I'm I'm not drinking anything. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, I am. I'm not I drinking a, a single thing. <laughs> I got a double. I got a double vodka and Tito's vodka and some Simply Lemonade. That's what's happening. I already had half of this before the show started. So well, I don't baby, know what's gonna happen tonight. Let's well, baby, what, what's going on right there with you, baby? You got a double, <laughs> a double. Ow! I had a rough week. Um, personal stuff. You know, yeah. I, I cried about four times this week and I had migraine headaches because I, I, I do suffer from migraine headaches. And I'm also a person that um, uh, things affect me, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm not really good at hiding things that affect me. So, I, you know, I mean, I do hide it. But when I'm by myself, tears come out. Yeah. I have migraine headaches and I have problems sleeping. So that's just how, who I am as a you person. Your cup. Well, I mean, I'm a whole online drunk. I'm always down to the barber, the Honda Cosby. So I ain't judging, honey. And I don't really go out <laughs> like I should. Like, I, I don't really go out that much. But anyways, enough about me. Let's get into the show. We have a lot of hot topics to cover tonight. Uh, of course, it's TGIF. But before we get started, uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson was hospitalized after, after suffering head injuries 
from a fall at Howard University. <laughs> Luckily, Reverend Jackson's CT scan and other tests came back normal and we wish him a speedy recovery. Any thoughts on this story? Go ahead. I'm going to hell and I don't know why I find this funny, but the people on the news already said they had hazardous conditions down there at Howard, that the doors was towed up and leaking, and there was <laughs> rats and roaches everywhere. Now he don't went down there and fell in these unsafe buildings and we don't almost <laughs> lost one of our only surviving civil rights leader messing around with Howard University. COVID almost took them damn out. Now y'all pushing people to go to HBCUs where they are killing off our elderly uh, civil rights leaders. No ma'am, Howard, y'all need to be ashamed of yourself and y'all should have had that mess cleared up before, uh, not Al Sharpton, uh, 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 Jesse Jackson even came down there, but I'm glad Jesse is doing just fine. Al, what do you think? You know, um, the Jackson family is, uh, I'm very friendly with the Jackson family. I went with Yousef, I went with Yousef Jackson uh, to the University of Virginia together. We live- Hold up, hold up, sorry, Al. I know people get mad when I cut you off, but I have to, okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm not about to let y'all dictate how to do this because we know what we need to stop and pause for. Go ahead, Q, (laughs) I see you shaking your head when Al said that, go ahead, Q. Come Al, on. Why you know every damn body? Uh, you know, because everybody, right? You know, dated everybody, man, woman, child, flower pot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I because I am a good dude, period, and I have a lot of good friends. But anyway, you, Seth Jackson, we do need to put our arms, Q, like you said, we need to put our arms around this family. They just got out of the hospital with COVID, and guys, we know that Jesse, regardless of what you think about him. Jesse puts the work in. So I just want to say, please, please, please get well soon. And to the family, my thoughts and prayers are with all of you. I know uh, that this is his life mission. Like, you know, this is his life's work. But, you know, it's, it, it might be time for him to rest. You know, I think he burns the candle at both ends. We were down here in Dallas. I'm not going to say I know him like that, but we, we did a, an event here for voting a few years back. And he he's on the ground. He's giving speeches. And even mm-hmm. when he's not all the way mm-hmm. there, he still tries to power through. And this man's been working for decades. Like yeah. it's time to, I think no one will give him a side eye if he finally takes some time to rest and just focus on himself. You know? And look, Al Sharpton no lost all that weight and was doing the funky Watusi on the stage the other day. I don't know if y'all saw that he was speaking somewhere and he started dancing. Maybe he could start dispatching Al Sharpton. Take some <laughs> All right, moving on. It looks like the baby is in the clear after nearly being canceled due to offensive remarks he made towards the LBGTQ plus community. Now the community, the LBGTQ plus community, uh, I'm sorry, the LBGTQ plus organization relationship unleashed, uh, have said they forgive the baby because they feel he has shown remorse and has put in the work to educate himself on the community's plight. But the organization was not so forgiving of Dave Chappelle because he has not shown any remorse or empathy. That's what they said. That's quotes around what they said. Do you think it's fair to forgive the baby, but not Dave Chappelle? And what are your thoughts on the still dragging on? Let's start with you, Al. You know what? I feel like that, you know, Funky has made it very clear on this show on numerous times that we need to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. I just feel like this comparison is not apples to apples. Dave Chappelle is an individual that has 30 years of experience in the entertainment industry. He has a brand already. You know what? He's had a fruitful career. He's made $60 million with this Netflix thing. It's going to be very hard to cancel Dave Chappelle. And if they do, 
he's going to be just fine. Whereas the baby, on the other hand, is just getting started. He can't afford to be canceled for his homophobic rants. What I think we need to do is find a middle ground here because I don't like the fact that they have created a divisiveness when the messages are totally different. Funky, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, at this point, to be honest with you, I'm less offended by the baby and more offended by this organization that magically speaks for everybody. Like, who is right. this organization to say mm-hmm. that he is uncanceled or all this forgiven or he is? I don't even know the acronyms of what this organization stands for. I ain't never signed up for it and paid no dues. As far as I'm concerned, the baby can still go to hell because I'm not convinced that him having six meetings set up by his publicist to go and show which and, and with in all of which he was probably prepped on how to look and speak while at these organizations. And now some, you know, magical white gay person, because see th- that, that's the other part of this. He went to these organizations and said whatever he needed to say, and it fixed the part that probably troubled them, which is mm-hmm. the gayness. You know what I'm saying? But men like you, we still have to deal with the black and the gayness. Their wound has been licked. Mine's is still bust wide open. So uh, to hell with the baby and this organization. And and also in the same vein, who are they to say anything about Dave Chappelle showing empathy and remorse? Who is this organization? I agree with you. Well, speaking of of busting it wide open, while we're still on the subject of the LBGTQ plus community, Boosie is still receiving backlash for his comments towards Little Nas X. TV personality and LGBTQ activist T.S. Madison has called out Boosie. She said, you the same uh, man had an overgrown ass woman performing salatio on your young son and you didn't see anything wrong with that. Whose kids really need to be protected? Okay. What do you think about what T.S. Madison said? I'm with you when you're right. I'm with you when you're right. Boosie had his son molested. And since we always want to do the play, play the whole game of if it was this community, it'd be all over the moon. Well, straight community, where y'all at? Because y'all got so much to say when it's the LGBT community. Be so out, where is the outrage for the fact that Boosie had his son molested? But because an older woman sleeping with a younger boy fits your worldview, you figure out a way not to have a problem with it. It's the cognitive dissonance for me. I saw that 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 interview, mm. and T.S. Madison did the community proud when being prompted about Boosie. Let's get that straight, because some of y'all are trying mm. to make it seem like my sister went up there and started with him. She was asked by the Breakfast Club, and she answered the questions ever so right. eloquently. You know what? T.S. Madison is echoing exactly what Funky's been saying on this show twice a week. And and, and it's true. Why is this 40 year old so obsessed with this young man's life now? Now, in the beginning, even though people do feel like little Bootsy, a Bootsy, right, even though there is a part of the population that look like me and you that still has sentiment like little Bootsy. But at this point, this is feeling stalkerish. Right. And I think when you start stalking someone, then that's when it becomes creepy. So right now, I'm, I'm a little bit creeped out. I think this won't end anytime soon. I think now it's become a thing where, you know, anything, anytime Little Nas X does something, Boosie's automatically going to comment. And, mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. and also, let's, let's be clear, because just because you're in the community doesn't make you innocent. He also does troll people as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a back and forth thing. And I'm not saying he started it. But right. I don't think it's gonna go away anytime soon. Me neither. You neither. I think I, to your point, I think we might as well just be prepared that the two are t- the two come as a package deal, and we just have to deal with this. 
right. we'll have to deal with Lizzo and her outfits. I mean, it's just it's a package. It's a part of the it's part of the marketing, right? <laughs> While Boosie was getting upset about Lil Nas X saying they got a song together, imagine if they did. Imagine if they did, they would set the internet on fire. On and fire. And, and Boosie, Boosie broke ass is the one that needed. And that's the sad <laughs> part about it. When your hate and your homophobia runs so deep that you will block your bag. All right. Moving on. Do you remember when we talked about the story of the new comic book, Superman being bisexual? Mm-hmm. Well, the artists behind the character have said they need police protection because of the backlash they have received. LAPD offices were dispatched to the homes of the illustrators and production staffers after the studio received numerous threats from angry fans of the comic book. The question in the script is, can you believe that people are this upset about this fictional character being bisexual? But I know better as uh, rapid, what do they call me? What word am I trying to use? Never mind. I tried and I failed. Um, <laughs> where your brain crazy ass fans. Where your brain feels. I, I use one feels. other thing. But yeah, what do y'all think? I mean, I'm not shocked that these people are doing this, but like they they really seem to have these crazy uh responses to the Little Mermaid being black and 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 a fictional character being bisexual. What are your thoughts? You know, this, this death threat stuff and this fans coming to people's house and, and calling people's phones and stuff. Is becoming a bit much. I, 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 I'm going to say something though. When I first saw the story, my original sentiments, even on this show, was child, y'all doing too much with making the, the, the super characters, you know, this, that, and the third. But I was laying in my bed today and I thought about something that's often overlooked. And it's straight privilege if we have to give something a name. Claudia, you get to see yourself in superheroes. Mm-hmm. Straight men get to see themselves in superheroes. Why is it that I don't get to see myself in a superhero? And so when I looked at it from that perspective, I was like, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm changing my mind on this. And I am jiggy that we've got some uh, sexually fluid or bisexual superheroes because everybody else gets to see their self reflected. Why don't I get to see myself? Al, what do you think? Right. You know, let us really break this down. We're talking about the illustrators, the artists. The people that draw this fictitious character has to have police surveillance, y'all. That lets you know how much hate still exists in this country towards the LGBTQ community. Let's be very true and real if we're going to talk about it, okay? What I think needs to happen, instead of, of this shift being so dramatic like this, why don't we just add new characters? And why can't the new characters around the old characters be transgender? Why can't they be gay? Why can't they be bisexual? I think that is what is really causing this outrage. I am very, we, we know it's not the first, Captain America, Batman's Robin, um, who else? Uh, Captain Marvel. Come on, Marvel Universe. You guys can do better with this transition. And I think it will also lead the talk and the narrative as it relates to using gay or straight or bi or trans uh, characters in uh, these fictional roles. I think it, with with the fan base at comics, comic books, comic characters, the whole comic world and all that, listen, those fans are the most fanatical of fans, okay? Uh-huh. You know if you make even a hair color change, people are gonna be mad. So y'all knew what was gonna happen doing this. And I do, I do agree, I think it's a great idea. I think they should have created new characters instead of changing the ones they had because take LBGTQ plus community out of it. 
you could have changed the goddamn outfit and they would have been pissed off. Mm-hmm. So now people right. are actually out here scared <laughs> over these decisions, but it, it's keeping it in the news. And that's exactly what they probably wanted from the beginning. And they got it. Congratulations. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more TGIF. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. If you're happy to watch the show tonight and to see us all here, please give us some thumbs up and some flames in the chat. We see y'all in the chat. Go ahead and give us some thumbs up. All right, y'all. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, listen, y'all. Let's get back into the hot topics. Uh, and uh, if the NFL thought Colin Kaepernick would get, let bygones be bygones, they were sadly mistaken. In his new Netflix special, Colin in Black and White, Kaepernick compared NFL training camps to the slave trade. Kaepernick said, what they don't want you to understand is what's being established is a power dynamic. Before they put you on the field, teams poke and prod and examine you. No boundary respected. No dignity left intact. What are your thoughts and do you agree on what Kaepernick had to say about the NFL? You know what? I totally agree. And one thing about it, Kaepernick said, y'all ain't going to hire me, so I'm going to stick a stick of dynamite in this All thing. Right. <laughs> blow up the whole doggone thing, and I'm not mad with him. But listen, I've always said football as a whole was modern-day slavery. You got a couple of white men up top that own these couple of black men down bottom that do all this wear and tear on their bodies. They give them a few coins, and they make all the coins. Sounds like slavery to me. And I and I and I was thinking back to the music industry, how music artists are now taking back the power from the label. And I think when it comes to the NFL, the players need to now start getting an equity stake in the team. They masquerade them as employed employees, but they really are slaves. I'm going to give you two million dollars, but I'm going to make nine hundred billion off of you. Sounds like slavery to me. Al, what do you think about that? <laughs> I don't want to give you guys my opinion because you're gonna you're gonna beat me up. <laughs> so you guys know I come from an NFL family. My brother played. Oh with the, God, with the, here we go. My to, brother you played. went to school with Dan Marino. <laughs> you know Deion Sanders. You, you Barack Obama is his third cousin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, my brother played for the Patriots for 10 years and the Giants for two. My nephew played for the Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. And they do say that if you look at it from the outside in, you know, th- this is not new news. They run all type of tests. They measure your arms. They measure your legs. They measure how high you jump. They measure how big your thighs are, how big your chest are, how much lift weights you can lift. They are basically butt naked when they run that combine 40. Uh, most NFL, and most NFL players are men of color. It's the same as slavery that they brought when they brought us over here from West Africa. But the difference here is that these gentlemen do get paid a large sum of money. So them being assessed like that is to make sure that the that if you want to call them the slave masters, that their investment is being made wisely. Is it right? Hell no. I feel like this is rebranding of slavery, the NFL. That's my personal opinion. I hope my family don't kill I got to be devil's advocate on this one. Okay. The fact that people, when they were slaves, had babies cut out of their uteruses and they were hobbled and feet cut off and hands cut off and they were given the, 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 the intestines of a pig to eat. Let's not compare the NFL to slavery. Now, slave mentality mm-hmm. of some of the owners, perhaps, okay. but it's yes. still a job. And these kids, a lot of these right. 
had this dream since they were young and they chose to go into. I, I don't mm-hmm. like to compare mm-hmm. things to slavery that are not that's fair. You know what I'm that's saying? That's fair. Like, that, our that, people that, were mm-hmm. tortured, and when I it, it bugs it, it makes me cringe when I hear white people compare. Oh, this is like slavery, so I I can't let us do it either as well. Okay. It's I mean, not like slavery, idea. and and if you are the investor and the owner of a team, then you should get way more money than the people that you employ and you hire. Now, the prodding and all that, that would be one thing if it wasn't a physically demanding sport. It's about that. You know what I mean? I, I, that's kind of part mm-hmm. of like, you're, you're hired for your physical attributes. Mm-hmm. Now, what I think the real solution is, we need more black men owning teams so it doesn't feel like that because the optics are right. like slavery. But it's slavery, not like, for sure. You, for you know sure. I think you hit it on the head with that. Well, I, I, well, I, right. I, I agree. I think the systems are very similar because you're right. The, the NFL is predominantly made up of black men and mm-hmm. the owners are all white men that make billions and billions of dollars off of these bags. And while we say it is a large sum of money, yeah, to me and you and to a school teacher, but honestly and truthfully, considering the amount of money that they're making off those boys' backs, they're paying them pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. That's how the uh, television rights are set up, right? That's how the rights, when they buy the TV rights. So the, the owners had to invest in, in players that may be bust. There was, there was NFL quarterbacks, um, uh, the, the one quarterback from, I, I think, the Raiders, Jamarcus Russell, I think. Huge, huge, uh-huh. huge paycheck, and then was a bust. There's a lot of people that were huge busts, but the, and the owners have to invest the money to it. Now, I'm not taking up for the white man. Y'all know that is not the case. But mm-hmm. I'm saying, unlike slavery, that was not a choice. This is right. a, and it's a career. Like when I was a model 20 some years ago, I had to be in a certain weight. I had to like make it work. Whether I liked it, if I said, oh, this is like slavery, it's so hard. <laughs> oh my God. The ancestors were looking at me like, bitch, please. Mm-hmm. Were you right. giving meat with maggots on it? Were you, right, right. no, you chose to do this job. So let's, uh, I rock with Colin though. I'm just saying. All right. Okay. Moving on. Over the years, Will Smith has been open about the toxic nature of his parents' marriage during his childhood, which ultimately led to their divorce in 2000. Well, during the divorce, Smith stood beside his mother and remained completely loyal to her. In his new memoir, man, this, they talking all their business lately. <laughs> it's every day. It's every, every day. day. They talking about Will Smith. Okay, Will Smith uh, mentioned that he always struggled with the feeling that wanting to seek revenge on his father to honor his mother. And Smith admitted to contemplating with the idea of pushing his father, who was battling with cancer at the time, down a flight of steps to play it off as an accident. Smith said, I'm Will Smith. No one would ever believe I killed my father on purpose. I'm one of the best actors in the world. My uh, 911 call would have been Academy Award level. Now, Will Smith justified his thoughts due to the pain, anger, and resentment he had for his father throughout his entire life. What are your thoughts on Will Smith opening up about his resentment towards his father, which is a real thing. When you have a, you know, parents, one cheat on the other, or one is abusive. Sure. As a child, I mean, my, anyways, what do y'all think about this? Who hasn't thought about pushing one of their parents down the flight of stairs? God knows Ooh. in my teenage, God knows in my teenage years, I used to get mad as hell, and I definitely got some emotional scars. Now, what I say, now, now let me take that back. I mean, I was saying that facetiously, y'all. I ain't never think about right. pushing. My <laughs> Maybe in the heat of the moment, I might have wanted them to go play in traffic. <laughs> um, you know, listen. 
I'm just going to say it's something, some type of itchy, gitchy, ya ya Jada doing over there because she telling all the business at that damn red table and now Will telling all the damn business in this damn book. Um, it's a real thing, though. It, it, it's a real thing. And I think when we get beyond the shock value of the story, because obviously he's trying to sell a book, we'll probably get more to the pain that he experienced at the hand of his father. And I think that's not something that we hear Black men talk about a lot the issues that we have with our fathers and the daddy issues that we go on to have. Contrary to popular belief, boys do have daddy issues as well. Um, and so I think that when it's all said and done, we'll, we'll probably get a deeper story that'll be healing for the community. Al, before we, I want to ask you, like, I think I, I sure. like that we have celebrity ho- headlines and I want to take the show a little bit in a different direction as far as like using the celebrity uh, headline to encourage a conversation and dialogue about what we feel. Like, I don't feel like we should just be sitting around talking about celebs and they are gonna be, we're gonna make some changes to that. Okay, that'll protect us a little bit more. I think we should talk about the concept and the things like the idea that I think that will give us a more fulfilling kind of conversation for us and for the people watching. So Al, have we, are your parents together? Uh, my parents were together. They're both uh, deceased now. Okay, but yeah, so they were together all 40 years. I, I lived in a two family household. What do you feel about um, resentment towards a parent that maybe you've seen one abuse the other? Like, and how do you feel about people just being, you know, owning that? Well, look, uh, I think that's a very tough question because I'm sure a lot of us have been in a family dynamic where the father and the mother hadn't always walked on a bed of roses and you've seen some ugly stuff. If you've been with someone for a long time, you've seen the good, you've seen the bad and you've seen the ugly. The thing that I love the most about my parents and what they taught me was that, you know, that was that day. That was that period. That was that time how my father was when he married my mother when they were 20 is not the same father at 69 and how he deal with things in his twenties was a different survival mechanism than he will apply or, you know, use at the age of 69. So they told me, you just got to stick in there. You got to, you got to roll with the punches and you've got to be committed to understand that a, you got to have compassion. B, you got to always be willing to forgive. And three, you got to know that love conquers all, in my in my personal opinion. And I think I learned that from seeing my parents together for 45 years. Was it always great and grand? Absolutely not. But what I learned from them was that there's always a better day the next day or the next year or the next decade. And if you just commit to honesty, uh, love, respect, and compassion, you can, you can, you can survive in marriage. I was going to start on another topic, but we just have two minutes before break. So we're just going to talk, do a little deeper dive into this. My, my parents were divorced when I was 10 and um, I was old enough to remember certain things that were happening in the house without putting anybody on blast, but there was definitely um, some things that I shouldn't have heard or seen as a 10 year old. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't think love conquers all. Well, let me, let me, let me rewind mm. that. I think that things be called love that is not really love. Mm-hmm. And I think parents have a responsibility to stop allowing their kids to hear and see certain things in their formative years, because you want to want to know why women, men out here with these relationship issues and daddy issues and issues with intimacy and connecting and being there for each other. A lot of times you trace that back to year three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, the things yep. that they saw in their parents' homes. And then, you know, if you were born in the seventies, eighties, you had parents or a mom that most likely said, well, I'm just going to put up with this and it's for the kids. And I, what else? I don't have a job and I can't leave. 
I had an immigrant mother that wasn't even a, a citizen that she had to just like deal with it until she did it. Mm-hmm. And the things I remember, it's just like, damn, like I, I, what I don't side I will for what he said, because if he saw abusive things in his household, that is a natural thing to be protective over your mama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and shout out to him for being so honest and saying, I thought about pushing this mother down the steps. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the way his daddy made him feel. Made so him his feel. Daddy abused his mm-hmm. mom. You know, mm-hmm. you don't think mm-hmm. about that. You know, no, I think you're absolutely right, Claudia. And I, and I also want to add to this, you know, my story is a little different. My parents divorced when I was two months old. I have no concept of my mom and dad ever being together. But my mom, my entire life, talked so much crap about my doggone father. He, I might as well have been in the toxic household. So more of the story is to stop putting y'all kids in y'all relationship business my parents were divorced when I was two months old. I have no business knowing how he cheated, when he cheated, who he cheated with, where it was, how it made me. I had no business knowing all of that. And it shaped the way I looked at my father until the day he died, all the toxic things that my mom planted in my head. And I'm going to tell you something. A couple years later, and when I got older, my dad decided that he wanted to sit down and tell me some things. And when he told me some things, it actually left me resenting my mother for a very long time because I was like, oh, baby, you told a very one sided story that had going 16 years looking at this man a certain type of way when, uh, you know, your hands wasn't all that clean either, Miss Uh Ma'am. Well, thanks for engaging in this. I got to say, my mom never slapped. She never slandered my dad and she could have because I stuff that I heard myself. And she never did that. And she made sure that we knew what we were and uh, starts culture wise, our blackness. And, you know, there are, you know, it, it just I want parents to be more respectful and understanding of what that's doing to their kids that are watching. We're sponges at that age. Right. We're sponges. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all want to take a quick commercial break. Thank you for going deeper with that. I appreciate that. We're going to take a quick mm-hmm. commercial break. We'll be back with more TGIF after this. And you know, talk celebrity gossip, but I think every once in a while, I think it's worth it to do, uh, you know, to just go a little deeper. And you know, we're we're just not one dimensional to just talk about people's business. We can talk about our own sometimes. And I think you'll get a better understanding of who we are as as humans. And y'all might connect with us and and, and feel us. And I hope that helps someone watching. Uh, let me read some of the comments because it seemed like y'all were moved by that. Uh, let's see, Bonaparte Gregorio, uh, Gregorio says this show is so damn good. You three are great. Together. together is that's what I think he meant. Oh, together. <laughs> together is. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, Bonaparte. That's a beautiful name, Bonaparte. Isn't Bonaparte somebody in history? Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's Rosa Park. No, 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 no. <laughs> he in there with Magellan. That's a joke. <laughs> oh, he in there with Magellan and Christopher Columbus. Them Bonaparte, somebody. Malik Taylor says, "Love the realness." Shinny Soul says, this is real conversation. Love to seeing y'all together. Thank you very much, y'all. Thank you. We love being together. We love the support in 1834 in the chat. Let's get it up to over 2,000, man. Let's get it up there. It is. Let's go. Like I told my ex, got to get it up. Get it up. All right, y'all. Let me get into this. These days, people are constantly looking for ways to cut expenses. And when you add up what you pay every month for cable, plus a couple of premium channels, on top of what you pay for on-demand streaming services, you're probably getting shocked at how much you're paying. To trim your TV and your streaming budget, that would mean giving up a bunch of shows, channels, and movies that you love, right? Well, not necessarily with Philo. Now, Philo was created by TV lovers for TV lovers. Here's what you can get for just $25 a month, over 60 
premium TV channels, a massive on-demand library of top-tier beloved shows and movies to watch anytime you want, unlimited DVD, and the biggest in the industry that lets you save shows for up to a whole year, which is a lot. Now, you can stream Philo uh, on uh, up to three devices at the same time. Philo is super easy to set up with no hassles and no contracts. Look, add up what you're paying for TV and streaming, it ends up being a pretty brutal price tag. Well, Philo can give you a totally better TV experience for just $25 a month. Now, the folks at Philo would like to offer you guys a special deal to try Philo. So I got 25% off your first two months. So go to philo.com slash T. That's philo. I'm sorry. philo.tv slash T. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash T for that special deal because you are a viewer of TGIF. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more tea to spill right here on TGIF. We'll be back after the break. We'll see you soon. All right, guys, welcome back to TGF. We see you on the chat representing for us one time. Make some noise and make sure you catch that replay tomorrow so we get our numbers back up. All right, y'all, listen, do you remember when uh, Justin Timberlake accidentally exposed Janet Jackson's breast during the 20, uh, 2004 Super Bowl? Well, mm -hmm. the FX and Hulu are teaming up to take a deeper dive into the incident in their documentary, Malfunction. <laughs> The documentary, which airs on November 19th, will show rare footage and interviews and will look into the racial and cultural aspects that influence the amount of attention surrounding the incident. How do y'all feel about this? And do you guys have any plans to tuning in to this documentary? Claudia, do you think Janet Jackson authorized this? Probably not. I don't think she wants to be bothered with this. And, and honestly and truthfully, I don't think that this incident stands up. This standalone incident alone was significant enough from a uh, moving the needle racially for there to be a whole damn documentary dedicated to this. Like, let sleeping dogs lie. We already live in a country that Donald Trump has divided in more ways than the damn pepperoni pizza. And we don't need trivial meaningless pieces of history like this to add fuel to that fire. Uh, sorry, I can't agree. I cannot agree with Funky on this one because behind the scene, it was hostile. It was horrible. Screw Justin Timberlake. It needs to be, the truth needs to be told. You tried to harm one of African American, uh, our African American icon family and Janet Jackson. It really hurt her career. It was really bad. And you team with the head of CBS, Moonbez, and trying to destroy her career even more, going up there with his crocodile tears, talking about it was her. Nope. She needs this public redemption. She needs this public apology. She needs it from the entertainment community. And she needs what she's getting from Justin right now, which is the public apology. This woman has suffered tremendously around here, and it wasn't right what he tried to do to the Jackson family. Do you think they were in it together in... Do y'all think they were in this together? I, I, you know what? I always had suspicion that it wasn't a malfunction. And the only reason why is because she had that nice sunflower uh, nipple ring. Lucier. Or, or something. Oh, it, was, it was something she around had a nipple, her nipple. A piercing and, and a, mm -hmm. a, a paddle over a nipple. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it, for me, I, at the time it happened, I did not think that it was an accident. I think that because... Right. If people took it the way it did, then they retrofitted the whole accident excuse. And forgive me, because at that time I was mm. in high school and now I'm pushing 40. I might need some of them brain pills Claudia needs. But <laughs> Lions uh, 
I, I mean, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. did this really hurt her career? I don't remember. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Okay, so I got to share this with you. So when you do the Super Bowl, you're briefed from the top of that program to the bottom. And because a lot of kids watch that programming, you can't have any type of nudity whatsoever. So they can't plan to show a nipple mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it will get the NFL. It'll get whoever housed at CBS, ABC. They will get fined. In fact, we found out that CBS was actually fined over half a million dollars for that nipple play. Now, this is a deal. Even if they did plan it, why did he abandon her when the discussion was had about how it happened, right? He protected himself and left her out on the island by herself. I don't like it. Sorry. I think that they planned it. It did not get the reaction that they thought. And then Justin being the mainstream America's sweetheart that he was, was like this. I don't know what happened. And then Janet was taken, took the fall. And if you remember after that, that's when YouTube was, was, was born kind of people want to go back and find that video. And that's around the same mm-hmm. time. People say that YouTube was born out of that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. I feel like it, how do you just rip a pot up? Like so perfectly, let me tell you something that is hard to do. And then the perfectly sex. And that's when Janet was being super sexy. Now I don't blame her at all. If he was in it with her, he should have stood with her and said, look, it was a it was a thing that we planned and it went wrong. And a half million dollar fine to CBS is absolutely nothing. Because we're talking about it how many years later? I don't know. But isn't I, this isn't this the reason why the delay was put on to the football games or the commercials and stuff? Isn't this the reason why the delays were put into place? I think I think there this was a lot worse than we thought on the management side of television and not the pop culture side of television. You know, the, the reason why I asked about did it just do any damage to her career is because Janet was just such a force to be reckoned with. I just I, I just don't see in my mind no label or no movie house saying we're not welcoming Janet Jackson. I think it was I think it was wet is it Wes or Les? It's Les Mendez, who was the head of CBS, had put a blackout on her queue. God. So that was blocking her bag on any CBS properties. She was not allowed to appear. She was not allowed to be on it, any shows, any specials, any anything. He put a blackout on her. Nope, nope, nope. Sorry, guys. And remember at the time, that's when Janet was being very sexy with she wasn't Penny anymore from Good Time. She was right. super mm-hmm. sexy, Janet. But once again, mm-hmm. I still blame Justin Timberlake for like if listen, either way, he was in the wrong. He should have had a back. Either they were and in he should have had a back for sure. Either for he sure. was in it with her or he chose to distance himself from her, and that wasn't cool. And she's a class act, because had it been me, I'd have did every talk show circuit and dragged his name. <laughs> she's, a cl- she's a class act to sit there and just take All it. Right. Well, the powers that be probably told her, don't say anything, think of the big picture, no, you don't want to go up against this, make yourself look good. That's what they do. And she did that, and she took the elm. And people thought what they thought. All right, well, enough about Halloween, because it's officially November, which means Christmas. It's right around the corner. And Mariah Carey's classic hit, All I Want for Christmas is You, is back to being number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Why do y'all think this song remains a fan favorite and it hits number one every single year on the charts? What do y'all think? It's a good song. It's a good right. song that is universally synonymous with Christmas. Christmas. Whenever I hear that song, the first vision that comes to my head is going to Macy's and seeing the Christmas tree lit up, strolling through Target, looking for gifts, 
or walking through the mall and seeing the Santa displays where the little kids take pictures. Somehow or another, the ancestors have allowed, they, they sent down some itchy gitchy ya ya and they have enmeshed that song with Christmas. It's just a universally good song that appeals to all races and ages, and, and it's a good song. Right. Mariah Carey, this is what I'm this is what I'm talking about, y'all. This woman has grossed over $60 million with this song. And she wrote and produced it. More than yeah. that, this, yeah, this is the best holiday selling single of all times. In addition to that, she's the first artist in history to have a number one single across four decades. Mariah Carey, you doing your thing and keep doing it. And and two, doesn't this album go to number one like every Christmas? Yeah, or, or yep. cracks Billboard or something like that. Yep. Listen, I love the fact that it goes to number one every year. You know why? As a fellow Aries like myself, Mariah, we both Aries. <laughs> the fact that she is number one every year without even trying keeps creating moments where she can go on stage and literally have a background dancer move her around the stage for her <laughs> to move, and we still buy tickets for her show. The, the <laughs> fact that she even tries it and gets away with it, I freaking love it. Keep be drunk, thing be, she can show up drunk. She, she, she be drunk. She, right. Don't like, try my airy no. sister. We'll be right back. We're taking a quick commercial break. Mariah, keep doing nothing and letting them peasants carry you around. I you know, know that's right. We'll be <laughs> the right back queen of Christmas. I had a block someone. Welcome back to TGIF, y'all. I love the chat. Keeping up that energy. I love all the positivity that y'all are showing us. I really do. Anyways, let's get into this. Kelly Price took to Instagram to talk about her one-year anniversary with her boyfriend. And her fans were not having it. One fan commented under her post with, why are you letting this N-word spend all your money? Damn. Price clapped back and told the Instagram user to worry about their own bank account that you know was probably on overdraft. Another fan commented asking Price if her boyfriend was the reason she went MIA. I guess they don't believe her COVID story, which is crazy. Price responded, no, COVID was. This is the reason I didn't have to nurse myself back to health, basically by myself. What do y'all think about the clapback that Kelly... Uh, received just because she wanted to highlight her man and her new in, in the anniversary what do y'all think about this we don't want to know about this man we want to know where you was at okay your phone didn't work when them people was calling you oh. they sent a whole damn rescue oh. squad behind you and your phone wasn't working now all of a sudden all <laughs> your phone work and you posting everything except where you was at okay there is somebody's resort right now that could be getting a whole lot of tourism dollars if you would just tell us where you was at. And I'm sorry, I'm with that fan. That man, that man looked like he eating Kelly Buffet and spinning up all money, okay? Like that, that Beijing painted old Negro is spinning up all Kelly money and she just so happy to have her a piece of man that she willing to get missing from the world. <coughs> I answer the phone. Quiet as it's kept, he looked like he belonged to the street. He's probably the one who gave her ass COVID. If you ask, if you damn ask me, we don't want to see no more about this man. We want to know where you was at. We is not uncanceling Kelly Price 
until she let us know where she was at. Al, are we allowed to not <laughs> Are we allowed to not owe internet trolls or fans an explanation why we do what we do? Or do we owe them? Are we are we responsible to telling them what they want to know? In her case, yes. There was a national registry out looking for her. There were people that were actually missing that needed to have that limelight to get them found. So in her case, yes, Kelly still needs to apologize. I'm still, I'm like cute. I'm waiting for Kelly to apologize. I need an apology in order for me to move on with her. And 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 that's just that. I just want to know where she was at. <laughs> You don't think she, you don't think, Claudia, you don't think she needed to tell us? I mean, think about all the other brown and chocolate girls and guys that are missing that should have been the top of that search list or, or media's out, outcry for missing when she really wasn't missing. And there were so many people in her life that were participating in it that saw that happen and still didn't say anything. I don't know. This just, it you, just doesn't give me a good feeling. She was at Turks and Caicos at the all-inclusive buffet. Q, <laughs> you are out of control tonight. <laughs> I guess we will not get our apology, but we're going to talk about Kim Kardashian and her... Oh, no, I'm sorry. We don't have a commercial. Let's get into this Kim Kardashian. Okay. You know, a lot of people thought Kim and Kanye were going to get back together. Ooh. And they kind of seemed like they were going to get back together when she showed up in the uh, the little event with the all black on. They was kind of kicking it. But she did host Saturday Night Live. And uh, Pete Davidson, uh, there's a lot of fans speculating that the two were, are together. They were seen holding hands on a roller coaster ride. And uh, she also kissed him in an SNL skit. So nothing has been confirmed. And a source close to the Kardashian family says the two are just friends. Now, there are some photos courtesy of People Magazine. Ooh. That's Pete right there, and it's Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also reports that Kim was uh, out in Long Island, I believe, or Staten, I'm sorry, Staten Island, and that's where uh-huh. Kim's family is. So they're saying that maybe they was out there meeting the family. What are your thoughts? Do you think this is the next power couple? Do you think Kim and Pete, Pete will be a great couple? What do you think? Al, I'm sure you know both of them. What do you think <laughs> about this power couple? And I'm sure you'll be the best man at the wedding. What do you think about this? Hey, y'all see the hate? Y'all see the hate? Listen, first of all, two things going on here. Where does he get all of these beautiful women? Remember who he dated? He dated Ariana Grande. He dated Kate uh, Beckinsale. What's her name? Beckinsale. And he also dated Cindy Crawford's daughter. This man is able to pull some beautiful women and now he's dating kim kardashian i think the giveaway in this story was when they when they issued a statement and they said they are just friends how many times have we heard in kim's trilogy of all the guys that she dated they all started out as they are just friends so hey maybe there's something to this roller coaster ride picture maybe there's something to this Staten island visit maybe this 27 year old man is putting something on her that kanye west couldn't well, I mean, they are obviously more than just friends because when just friends hang out, we normally hang out in friend groups. You know what I'm saying? There's normally six of us on the roller coaster or six of us in Staten Island. My only thing is, I'm just glad she's going to go tear up a white man life. Like, go turn his <laughs> life upside down right. now. Right. And, and hopefully this will start a trend in her whole family because she set the trends moving forward that they'll go tear up some white people's lives and leave us the hell alone. 
you know they can't get enough of black men and all the essence of us. This is this is just a media play. It's a weird couple. Pete, mm-hmm. Kim, Kim, you got access to some fine ass dudes, and Pete is not one of them. He kind of looks like your mom a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> your dad, your mom. Oh yeah, her mom and her dad. Both, no, dad. No, both her moms. Nothing good will come out of my comments, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> Despite Wendy Williams being absent from her daily talk show, the show was attracting major eyeballs. According to reports, the Wendy Williams show jumped 33% in household ratings the week ending October 24th. And many fans believe it's because Sherry Shepard has been showing up and showing out. Al, I know this is one of your best friends. <laughs> and you were at a wedding of the best man or the best he lived with her. Oh, he lived together. He, he delivered her son. <laughs> he delivered her baby. He was a surrogate, uh, the sperm donor. I don't know, but I know you have a connection to this. So what are your thoughts on Sherry, <laughs> <laughs> Sherry Shepard? I really, I really do hate you guys. Y'all That's know fine. this. Show. I hate you too. Sure. That's fine. What are your thoughts <laughs> on uh, Sherry Shepard doing her thing on Wendy's show and the ratings going up and not down? Well, I think the ratings going up is a combination. I got to be honest with you. I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination because just as Americans and media consumers, pop culture consumers, we love a good old fashioned train wreck. And this right here is the beginning of a good old fashioned train wreck. And we don't want to miss anything relating to is she coming back or is she not? Now, I will tell you this. Sherry Shepard is holding it down and she did turn it out. Sherry is a triple threat, as I like to call her and have always called her. Sherry can dance. Sherry can sing. Sherry can act. And she's a comedian. So she really knows how to feel the pulse of the audience, engage them and tell a great story in the process. So I don't know that the 33 percent jump is because of her, but I think she definitely Adds to the menu. I mean, adds to the, the equation. Sherry Shepard got jobs. She on Dish Nation. She's doing right. comedy. She's hosting uh, the Wendy Williams Angel show. Angel Network, all of that. Al, right. a cue real quick before we go. What do you think? Cautionary tale here for anybody in media, uh, or in this transcends media, you don't ever let them know they can do it without you. Right. You don't take the life lesson in this, y'all, especially for those of us up and coming in media or at your, you, you got a critical role at your job. Don't you ever let them know they can do it without you. And that's what Wendy is did. She's lost her leverage. Well, I think it's sad because I think Wendy, you know, like she came a long way. She was in radio. She rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But that is actually good as a radio personality because it means you're fearless. And she rebuilt, she, she turned that into a huge brand when she got into television and she, she, she got the blueprint and now to lose it all right now, I don't know what's going on, but I, I, I feel bad for her. I really do. Hey y'all. Um, we don't have time for another story. So anything we want to talk about before we leave, we got one minute. How was y'all's Halloween? I didn't celebrate it this year. It's my first time in a long time. I had the time of my life. As you saw, I dressed as a Trojan king. And I just walked in the essence of that (laughs) all Halloween in these streets. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Prince Dina and uh, Sultan, her husband. I don't know if I addressed him correctly. But thank you for inviting me to your beautiful home in the hills. Um, And um, I really had a great time. And I'm sure she's probably like the prime minister of France's daughter or something. 
Saudi Arabia, son. Saudi Arabia. Oh, but of but of course we would expect. All right, y'all. Great fun, great show. Everybody, make sure to catch the replay tomorrow. We gotta take off. I wanna thank my co-hosts uh, Reynolds and Funky Daniel for joining me tonight. Stick around. Fox Souls Black Report is coming up next. Make sure you watch it and support that show. We'll see you back here on the next show on Friday. See y'all later. Bye, y'all. Bye, soulmates. Good night, soulmates.